Hi, Andy. Hello, Sophie. How are you doing? All right, thanks. You? Wonderful. Yeah, really good. Thank you. Awesome. So I know um, they're just finishing up on the panel at the moment, so we'll wait a few minutes to see a few more eyes head on over. But um, I know Luke Pompton, everyone's excited to hear your session. Cool. So, all, all good. Shall I yeah. um, get started with showing my screen just in advance? Yeah, it? if you want to. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's just get that bit out of the way with. Yeah. Cool. You got that okay? Yep, perfect. Beautiful. Wonderful. So I can see everyone coming in. This is great. So I'll just start on a quick introduction for Andy. Welcome everyone who's just joining. So Andy Lambert has over 10 years experience um, in creating markets, building profitable businesses and leadership roles in industry leading SaaS organizations. And Andy is also one of the founding team members of ContentCal, um, which is a social media marketing platform um, technology software. And it's also one of our lovely sponsors for DigiComp today. So really exciting to have you on. Um, and today, ContentCal is actually used by over 40,000 companies in over 140 countries. So big audience. And they continue to grow every year at 100% year on year. And in 2020, they identified a large scale need for digital marketing education. So they actually launched Content Cal Academy in August last year, which is now used by over 2,000 businesses. So, yeah, really exciting to have you here, Andy. Um, so, over to you on your presentation on how to nail your B2B content strategy. Awesome. Thank you, Sophie. It's always no worries. Good. when you hear someone else reading out uh, that stuff, it sounds incredibly braggy. So, um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, this, this session is going to be very high energy. Uh, there's a lot to cover. I've just set my timer for 20 minutes because this is going to be a full throttle presentation. We're going to be going through three things because my, my main kind of promise to you is that this should be a really practical session where I'm going to try and share as much learning from the last four years of building Content Cal from nothing uh, into what Sophie mentioned where it is today, which has been driven by content marketing. Firstly, we're going to frame where content marketing fits in our broader marketing mix so we can make best um, utilization of it from our uh, B2B marketing perspective. Then we're going to look at what a good strategy looks like. I'll introduce you to a six step strategic framework we've developed over the time. Essentially, it's just a checklist of making sure you're, you're following the right things and doing all of the necessary things to build a good content marketing strategy. And then the second half of this is where we'll take the, the theory that we've learned over the last kind of 10 minutes and bring that to life, really. And we'll also be sharing six of my favorite MarTech tools to bring that to life. The beautiful irony, I'll be talking about six different MarTech things in this, is that we've just come off a uh, kind of marketing operations, uh, really interesting panel talking about consolidation of tools. So yeah, the joy of marketing. Anyway, so we talk at a really interesting time, right, in the context of social and, and content marketing, right? This is this is Visa's estimation of it. It's actually the most pessimistic I've found, and it's global data. But essentially, they're they're estimating that now one in four of all online purchases are influenced through social. And when you look at the kind of macroeconomic shift that's happened around social media, you can really understand what's caused this. Is that if you look in the last twelve months alone? there's been a 13% increase in the usage of social media, which in numerical terms means 490 million new people joined social media in the last 12 months. 490 million, utterly insane numbers. 
So that means on a monthly active basis, so people that log in to social media channels, so this is across the broad spectrum, every single month, it's now 4.2 billion people across the world, which is 56% of the world's population in insane numbers. And Luke mentioned this in his kind of intro slides this morning, which is like, as a, a, a digital economy, we've shifted forward five years in the last 12 months in the way that we're now utilizing digital channels for how we find, get influenced by, and how we even purchase products. And that's kind of manifesting in some really interesting research for us as, as brands, so we can understand how people are evolving and how the buying process is evolving. Search still rules. And uh, this is some data from We Are Social in January of this year. So I always follow this data, it's brilliant. Um, yeah, so search engines still absolutely rule in terms of how people discover your, your brands and the primary channel for brand research. But the share that social media is taking is getting ever and ever bigger. And what's really interesting is that the primary channels, the top two are ones that we are not in control of as brands. And we need to use our content marketing tactics to ensure that we get our message in front uh, of our audience. Now, talking about content marketing and making sure we understand its place, I, I really like this graph and I talk about this quite a lot to, to make sure we get a good balanced approach to how we utilize content marketing effectively. So in terms of this graphic on the left hand side, we've got potential traffic from from less to more. So going up the, the left hand side axis, then at the bottom, we've got our short term to long term yield. So essentially what takes the longest uh, to yield results, but what actually you know, drives the, the biggest growth over the fullness of time. So as we've seen, we, you know, as we saw, like the highest percentage was all about like search engines in terms of where people go to, to discover a brand predominantly. Unsurprisingly, content and SEO, you know, wins or reigns supreme when we talk about its overall volume and the headroom that we have for growth. But then you've got on the left hand side, you've got paid media. So think about your social ads or your Google PPC, that kind of stuff. That's brilliant for driving short term results. But ultimately, its effectiveness decreases over time where social media fix a really nice like balance in between and bridges that gap between your kind of short term results and what you're trying to strive for in the long term. Social media fits quite nicely. So it's always a nice way of like having a nice balanced approach to our strategy. When we talk about a balanced approach, it's really nice to look at like the two sides of the marketing coin, as I call it. And quite often as marketers, we kind of overcomplicate marketing because in essence, it's quite a simple endeavor. Because essentially, if we look at two sides of the marketing coin, there's two often conflicting priorities, right? So there's one which is on the left hand side. It's about short term activation, what we need to do to drive a short term increase, whether it's sales leads or whatever. And this is where, you know, your paid media works really well, ultimately driving short term results by targeting people that are in market with a rational message by us because X, Y, Z reason targeted to a narrow base. So the people that are in market and we demonstrate success through sales metrics. But there's two interesting dynamics here is that one, because we're targeting a narrow base and there's only a certain amount of people in market for any product at any one time. That's why the effectiveness of paid media does not scale in a linear way. And um, at Content Cal, we, we spend a significant amount on paid media, but it still doesn't scale in a completely linear way. And then you've got um, sales metrics. So sales metrics are really easy to demonstrate the success of paid media stuff, right? Because it's easy to track CPA, CPCs, all that stuff, conversions. But that's also a trap that many businesses fall into where they'll see short term success, like monthly great results from their PPC or social ads, for example, and they'll conflate short term wins with long term growth. And hopefully like this chart kind of 
I'm sure many people are aware already, but kind of makes you think, actually, you know, it's about having a balanced strategy, not too many eggs in one basket and making sure we've got a good balanced mix of our budget and our activity between our short term and our long term activity, which takes our attention to the right hand side here, which is about our out of market buyers. And that's a really important and sometimes counterintuitive thing, because our job here through content marketing is to generate demand and create demand for people that don't even know that they want your product or service or widget, whatever today. So the way that we do that is it's a complete polar opposite to the other side of the marketing coin we're talking about. So we're talking about an emotional message connecting at a human level fundamentally, and it's about broader targeting. So how, how can we increase the reach of our message to get more engaged eyeballs on our content? That is the heartland of content marketing, right? And that is its place. And the key here is about a balanced mix between these two sometimes conflicting priorities. So, but fundamentally, if you strip it all down, our job as content marketers is to build trust at scale. Because fundamentally, what we're all striving towards is, is building our brand. But ultimately, our brand is purely our reputation. And the thing that builds our reputation is trust. And trust is a key emotion that defines purchase intent. Why you buy over comp company A over company B is all down to trust. So with that theory bit out of the way, let's bring in the marketing funnel. You've seen a million of these. It's like marketing presentation bingo showing a marketing funnel. You've all seen this, so I won't insult your intelligence of going through it. But the reason I'm showing it is because content marketing sits only at the top two parts of that funnel most effectively. So let's zoom in on the top two parts of those funnel or this funnel rather and talk about what content lives here. So this quadrant then breaks down the top two parts of that marketing funnel. So the top two bits of this quadrant relate to awareness. So this is all, as we've been talking about, governed by an emotional reaction, creating that kind of emotional or human connection. We can either do that through entertaining people with quizzes, giveaways and games. Fantastic for, for driving engagement, as we all know. Uh, then we could also inspire people. That's another way to create an emotional connection. Influencers, endorsements and reviews. I've touched on influence here and there's some good talks later on about influencers. But when I say influencers, I'm not talking about paying people lots of money to post about you. It's actually working collaboratively with people that have a complementary audience and have a similar mission and uh, values and vision to you. I'm going to talk more about that in detail, but that has been a key part of our growth strategy. So that's the kind of awareness bit. And there's no kind of surprise that this awareness bit is the top of the funnel. It's the widest bit because it demonstrates and visually represents the amount of reach we're trying to drive. And we're going to talk more about increasing reach as we go on. And so the, the second bit of this quadrant, the bottom two things, I'm just going to focus on the left hand side, the bottom left, rather, because this is about that kind of rational interaction. Right. It's the consideration part of this funnel. And here we've got so many tools in our armory that we can use when it comes to educational content, blog posts, ebooks, guides, research papers. In fact, for me, this is one of the most important areas of any content strategy, because especially from a B2B perspective, because the more you can educate, the more you add value, the more you add value, the more your trust grows. Trust predicates a reputation, reputation predicates a brand. Educational content, so, so valuable. We all know this. But let me give you a bit of an example here from, from kind of content cows landscape, right? We have five key parts of our strategy, webinars, guides, strategy sessions, and blogs, basically, I think most of those are, are fairly obvious, but to explain, uh, guides is all about like downloadable content, templates, that kind of stuff. Key thing for driving our SEO strategy and key thing for lead acquisition, you know, kind of lead magnet stuff. Strategy sessions are on-demand activity, similar thing to what we're running right now, but people can drop in and understand more in a kind of workshop scenario about content marketing and our blog. 
but all of this is underpinned by our academy which essentially creates all of this puts all of this content into a kind of linear learning journey for our customers so they can watch webinars guides read our blogs etc but it's kind of rather than the blog living as a separate destination it's all kind of underpinned with you know a fundamental academy that all of these bits feed into but the reason i'm showing this is because you know content marketing roi is a big bit of content marketing right it's a common question that always comes up like how do you measure return so this is a template i created just this week actually and i'm happy to share it with anyone if you want to it's just on a google sheet but fundamentally, this gives you a bit of an idea of what we're working to here. So here are five different assets. We track conversion rate from uh, people firstly uh, downloading that asset and then becoming a customer. So let's take the academy, which converts at 10%. We can look at average sales price uh, by asset type. So if someone first found us through our academy and then ended up buying content color as a result, that's the kind of average sales price. And then the, that basically backs up to an economic value per new contact. Really simple maths, but ultimately it helps us understand actually, you know, the, the value of that individual that goes through our academy is, is incredibly high. It's 250 pounds per person. That's what our kind of nominal value is. So that allows us, you know, the budget and the resource in order to scale that activity. As I said, this is a pretty standard ROI template, happy to share it. And just if it helps, all of these metrics come out of HubSpot, which we use to kind of manage everything. Now we can't educate people, we can't build trust like this, we can't create content that's truly valuable unless we know exactly who we're trying to serve. Um, this is Content Cal's buyer persona. I won't talk through it all because of the interest of time, um, but fundamentally the bit that's most important here are your goals for your customers, goals, fears, ambitions, that kind of stuff. The human factors of your audience are far more important. I see far too many businesses weighting their persona heavily on like, oh, we target females between 25 to 35. That is the least important part of your persona strategy. The thing that you really need to know is the kind of human factors, the things that keep your audience up at night, ultimately. And before we create a strategy, because we're going to get practical now, we need to get clear on something. What do you want to be known for? This, in this kind of single thing, kind of demonstrates why some businesses fail to do well on social media, because they simply kind of take their typical strategy of content distribution and just implant that on social media, basically using it as a distribution channel. But social media and content marketing has an unprecedented ability to humanize a brand. And in the same way in your personal life, you'll be known as the funny one, the witty one, the intelligent one. You want that kind of personality to manifest in your social channels. Two fantastic examples, albeit in a B2C capacity, you know, innocent smoothies. We all know them. We all respect them. Like, you know what you're going to get when you follow them. Very clear personality and tone. And then if you look at like Patagonia, the clothing brand in the US, incredibly passionate about sustainability, circular economy, and they make a stand for that on social. And as a result, create a far more engaged audience because they truly stand for something. So let's go on to the strategy bit. Just doing a quick time check to make sure I run on time. So these are the Content Cal 6 C's. I'm gonna run through step by step and I'm also gonna show you the six tools that we can build this with. Step one, we start with a customer, right? So we wanna get in our, inside of our customer's mind to understand what they want to learn. So this is the first tool we're gonna to use. It's called keywordstrategytool.com, another UK founded tool. So that's always quite a good thing to see. But fundamentally, all we wanna do is understand what that target audience are searching around our category on Google and YouTube, the two primary search engines, right? Search the word content marketing, it's gonna bring up 700 odd keywords. We don't, no one's got enough time to look through all of those. So we wanna filter them out by using this filter option here. I'm just gonna search on some, some filters here of like question prepositions, like how, which, where, when, why, or even kind of keywords like B2B. 
ultimately that then kind of hoovers out those key questions out of that list of keywords, which then gives you a really nice curated list of those core things that are most relevant to you that your audience wanna learn. The final thing we need to do is just literally look at search volume of those kind of selected phrases and questions. And that puts a really nice prioritized list together based on search volume around those key things that your target audience really wanna learn. Essentially, you in five minutes, you've got kind of a real nice bank of ideas you can start to build on as part of your content strategy. What we're gonna do is copy and paste those ideas and we're gonna put them in the tool we're gonna to use to bring our content strategy together. There's loads of tools for this. I'm obviously gonna show you Content Cal, but we've taken those ideas and we've just pinned it to the top of our content planner. That moves into the third tool, which is called Mentionlytics. Um, it's a social media listening tool, but the most cost-effective one I found, and it's brilliant. And for me, this then shows us what I personally see as the most important metric when it comes to content marketing and justifying success. It's about share of voice. I'm sure you all know what that is, but share of voice relates to how often you're mentioned across all of the internet, right? Not just social, but blogs, review sites, etc. That share of voice is a critical metric as it kind of demonstrates the success of your content marketing strategy. How many people are talking about you? How's your trust growing? How's your market share growing? Share of voice is so, so important. So uh, we can look at total mentions and because people are talking about you, you can see significant impacts in reach. But going back to that funnel example, talking about awareness and how the kind of top of the funnel, we stretch that as wide as we can. The more people talking about you, your bigger your reach goes. And that is a critical part of certainly our strategy here at Content Cal. And what we do in order to do that, because here on Mentionlytics, we can track the people that are speaking about us the most. A good example is kind of how we work collaboratively with kind of influencers, if you will. Someone like Leeluk, who has 100 odd thousand followers on Twitter, for example. We as a business have about 4,000, uh, but we regularly work through other people. We get contribution to guest blogs. We get people on webinars, on our academy, on whatever. Basically, most of our content is created in collaboration with someone else. As we get other people involved in our content, our content becomes immeasurably better. Uh, and also it means that we have multiple different places to share our content. It takes much longer to, to create, no doubt about that, but the results absolutely speak for themselves. You know, in just in the last month, 178 mentions and a 560,000 social reach. We'd never achieve that off our own channels. So let's create some good context now. So tool number four, besthashtags.com, entirely free hashtag research tool. Love this one. Literally put in the word content marketing in this instance, but you just put in whatever your category is. It's going to pull out the most popular and most liked hashtags from Instagram and do the same for Twitter and Facebook as well. Um, so all you need to do is press the copy button and we're going to put them in Content Cal because we're just going to use them as a snippet. Um, basically, what that does is just helps you take your research and manifest it in a really useful place where you can utilize it at any point. So we're going to save as a snippet, meaning that we've saved our best practice research and we're going to speed up content creation as a result by just kind of pressing one button and all of those hashtags come into our content. But also as we've done our kind of research on what our customers are asking online, you know, naturally that will fall into a whole bunch of categories, whether it's kind of like how to's, guides, best practice, research. These category tags manifest as kind of like content themes or content topics. You might call them content pillars or buckets, but ultimately the best content plan should be coordinated across these themes and topics, which ultimately then when you start to color code them in your content plan, you can make sure you've got a balanced mix to your strategy. Then we're on tool number five, another great way to create context, making sure you're utilizing national days and all of those upcoming trending hashtags. 
we'll always see a significant impact in reach or increase in reach rather uh, when we're using national days wisely, whether it's, you know, International Creativity Day, which it is today, apparently. Um, but ultimately, it, this will tell you all of the hashtags, give you the calendar so you can just go ahead and copy and paste those kind of key national days to make sure you're never going to miss a content opportunity because you will see a spike in reach using these hashtags. Then we go into creativity, which will already be fostered by um, what we've already discovered. Um, but a real nice way of kind of getting creativity on the spur of the moment is using this little kind of Google Chrome extension. So we've got one at Content Cal, but you can use tools like Pocket as well, where you can find those interesting articles and literally save them as you find them, which has a real nice impact on creativity because here we're saving them to, to the Content Hub on Content Cal, which then allows you a whole kind of pinboard of inspiration that you can come back to. That creativity is also fostered by collaboration, and there's two elements to collaboration. Firstly, it's internal collaboration. And this is a really simple tool we created because the great irony of marketing is that whilst marketing are the voice of the company publicly, they're often the most and furthest removed from the customer. So what we created is a tool that allows anyone in the business, they don't need access to, to Content Cal, but anyone in the business can go ahead and share ideas, like customer service, sales, the product team, the best content is always created together. So I'd implore anyone, whether they're using you know, a tool like we've created or not, or whatever, make giving and opening up the opportunities for the co-creation of content across the business. Honestly, the power that has for improving creativity. So here, what we've got in our content hub now is not just ideas that we found because we saved using that little Google Chrome extension. We've also got other members of the team sharing ideas with us. And that goes into the sixth and final tool, which is the other part of collaboration, which is, as I've been talking about, finding those influencers, those people you can work with collaboratively to um, co-create content together. And that's where the best content always comes from, right? So as I said, best content created together. And Hype Audit is a really good tool to, to find those potential people you can work with and uh, their kind of quality of audience and the category they're in. Then we all bring it together. We've got all of our content here together. We've got our, our plan and our national days taken from daysoftheyear.com. We've got our ideas we've taken from keyword strategy tool. We go in our content hub where we find the articles that we've either saved or other members of the team have kind of shared to us as inspiration. We're going to now use that content and put it across our multiple channels. It's not just social. It can be across any channel, blogs, emails, etc. Um, and then we're going to use the snippets that we say from besthashtags.com. We're going to use those category tags that we kind of created earlier, which were uh, in line with the kind of themes that we're working on. And then fundamentally, we can now just add that to our calendar. And now we've got a well-researched content plan and a strategy all nailed on, which leads us into the sixth and final step, which is calculation. At the end of the week and the month, whatever cycle you're working in, we can understand, did our audience grow appropriately? Did post engagement go up and down, likes, shares, or comments? But most importantly, we can interrogate our content across these category tags. So what themes worked the best? Was it like, you know, how-tos, guides, research, whatever? And then when we look at these themes, we can see the differing engagement growth and, you know, differing best times to post. And as a result, the top performing content within that. So that really helps kind of inform our content strategy with data. So not only have we done our research and put our kind of best foot forward, we're now getting real life data coming back so we can understand and make tweaks to our strategy as we go forward. And here is what this example is showing is how we're using something that worked well in the previous week or previous month and kind of adding that back to our content plan for the next cycle, whether it's week or month. And that's really important. Whilst I don't advocate putting out the same thing again and again, I definitely advocate kind of taking what's worked previously and kind of using that to build a template 
content plan for the next week or next month, which just kind of constantly reinforces itself. And that's why these six C's are a cycle because ultimately, you know, uh, consistency breeds momentum and momentum always breeds results. So with that, uh, overran by a minute. So that, I told you it was a rocket ship presentation. Um, I'm going to be here all day, so I'll be in the chat. Um, there's a little content cal booth as well. Um, I'll answer any questions as, as they come up. Um, and yeah, we'll have a connection on LinkedIn. But yeah, that is me done. Brilliant. Thank you, Andy. Yeah, and I was just going to kind of um, double back on that. So yeah, make sure you check out Content Cal's booth. They are in the expo down there. Um, and Andy is joining where he's hosting the employee advocacy panel, which is at 2.20 this afternoon. Um, and yeah, so we've now got half an hour lunch. Um, so join back on the stage for our B2B social strategy panel time. Um, so it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, any questions um, that you want to head to Andy, feel free to drop him a DM or yeah, connect on LinkedIn. Thank you so much, Andy. Pleasure. Thanks so much. Great. No oh, yeah. worries.